1: Hi again everyone and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 52. Today on our show, Greg Hamilton from WWE. He
2: would call me in, G-Man! Get in here! Listen, we got to start talking about promo class, but we are hungry. How are we supposed to be creative if we are hungry? So here's $100. I want you to tell the girl up front to go to the hot dog heaven up the street and get us hot dogs and fries because we cannot be creative if we are hungry.
1: That's Greg talking about working with the late, great, legendary Dusty Rhodes. He also spoke to us about how he got the gig as a WWE announcer, how he prepares for each event, and why he decided to move back to Cincinnati and more. Uh, we're joined on this episode by our top designer and video production guy, Ricky Henry. Uh, he, like Josh, is a WWE stan, so uh, stay tuned for an in-depth and passionate conversation about wrestling. A lot of funny stories in there. Be sure to listen for the promo code at the end of the episode. As always, you can use that to save 20% on your next Cincy Shirts or OldSchoolShirts.com order. And now let's talk to Greg Hamilton. <laughs>
3: Cincinnati She came down from Cincinnati Just maybe think of me once in a while I'm at CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati
2: Yeah, and I I actually was telling them I just moved back um, From? From Orlando. Oh, nice. Because that's where the Performance Center is based out of, and so I was there for a long time, but... um, my boss, uh, Michael Cole, was just like, "Listen, man, you can you don't have to go to the performance center anymore. You can live wherever you want." Like, that's you've cool. It, so, and yeah. that's the thing. Like, I can live anywhere in the country that I want. Like, in the in the lower forty-eight states, whatever. And, like, and I chose Cincinnati. Like, I mm. want to be here. I, I can be living in Santa Monica right now if I want right. to. But like, this is where. That's how be. I feel
3: too. You know, traveling as much as I do, my job lets me get to sunshine or you know the beach or whatever. Yeah. Home is to yes,
2: me. Yes, yes, and like the feeling that I have being home now is, is incredible. It, it's created this separation of giving me a personal life now versus not. And, and Orlando was okay, but it's not Cincinnati. It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have a culture or anything like that. And uh, you're flying back with people you work with, and you're constantly with you know you never feel like you're home so to speak. And now I get this separation, and I, I really have this inner peace that I feel like I'm at home now.
3: I feel like whenever I see wrestlers, it's flying out of Orlando or Tampa. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, a lot of the boys live in Tampa, for sure. Oh, man. But, uh,
3: still live down there? Clearwater. Yeah. He's got his own place, right? He's got a uh, shop, like a yeah, like surf shop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> With a oh, big boy. statue yep. in the front. Have you seen the statue? <coughs> <laughs> and the gym yeah, on top amazing. of it or something? What's Bushwhacker Luke's gym? Did you know that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. So Yeah. Like, yeah, so right down from Hogan's Beach Shop right above in the same like strip mall corner market thing is Bushwhacker Luke's down under really? So yeah, you guys know more yeah.
2: than I do I worked there that's amazing. I, mean. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> you just pick up the mic and look into the teleprompter <clears throat> right? a yeah, yeah. the prompter <laughs> there is no oh, prompter brother this right here is the prompter oh, right son yeah awesome. I mean, we know everything we know when your contracts really like <laughs> you <know>. microchip <laughs> in you no that the I mean phew, speaking of stories that was a tough one the Saudi Arabia uh, yeah, a lot of times things will change at the last minute and they will hand me something that I you know I need to memorize in a very short amount of time and I have to go into the ring and deliver it flawlessly a few minutes later. And like that's one of the most nerve wracking things on the planet.
3: Wow. How do they train you for that?
2: They don't. <laughs> they just you sink or swim. Wow. Um when we did the the best in the world tournament, about an hour before doors, I found out that They wanted uh, all of the superstar accolades because it's the best in the world. So, right, so you've got eight superstars that are all incredibly talented. So, they wanted to list their accolades, right? So, like, you know, uh, Randy Orton, whatever, 14 time world champion, uh, Grand Slam champion, this, that, list all of their two time Royal Rumble winner, whatever it was, for all eight competitors. So, you had to know stats and credits. Yes, for (laughs) all eight and deliver it in the ring, memorized. Which you just opened that door, right? What was that like, right? Saudi Arabia, right? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, it was the yeah. Wasn't
4: um, there a
3: lot of controversy? Uh, controversy around the event, or is that all like social uh, media? I kind? mean, I, I can't say I never felt that way.
2: Yeah. Um, we, you know, we went in. We put on a good show. Um, it was a really cool best in the world tournament. Uh, so that you know that's not for me to talk about or say, but uh, but you know memorizing. All of those stats last minute, like, that is nerve-wracking, because you're in front of 60,000 people, and oh, by the way, millions watching around the world on the network, right? Yeah, and they know the stats. Yeah, of course they do. They <laughs> know, yeah, the March know everything, right? Like, yeah, they know yeah. everything. But, and one slip-up, one little slip-up, and you're going to get crucified on social media. And I just, you know, sometimes I just want to say, do you realize how hard this is sometimes? They don't. I, you know, but... If you, if you go after the Twitter trolls, then they win, right? So, and you know, I don't say anything. Uh, well, well, speaking of pressure, I mean, do you—I <clears throat> don't know. I
4: mean, this, I think everybody might know this, but I mean, uh, SmackDown going to Fox, yeah, huge uh, yeah. network television, yeah, Friday nights, pressure, mm-hmm. big audience. Obviously, it's going to have be in front of a, 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 a different audience,
2: bigger numbers. Local television, hook up your antenna, you can watch SmackDown, which I think is cool. Yeah. I I don't want to say pressure. I I think as a... I would say pressure as a team. Sure. Not for me individually. Right. As a a whole, as a unit, as a show, because I'll say this. I can't speak for Raw, but for SmackDown, we take a lot of pride in that show. Everybody that's on SmackDown takes a ton of pride in being on SmackDown. I don't know if it's the underdog mentality because Raw's been around so long, but we do. I mean, everybody from AJ Styles on down, and even me. I, I love SmackDown. I want to be on SmackDown, and when it goes to Fox... I think we're going to have a larger audience to prove why we think we're the best show. So the pr- there's pressure from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to be now the show that has probably the most eyes in front of it. Really, well, what a, you know? With, yeah, with chances that, yeah, are. Yeah, chances are we. You know, our viewership will go up just because it is network, as you said. So and wrestling fans are creatures of habit,
4: so they're going to be looking obviously every Monday night to as yeah. their destination thing. But you know, for people who are maybe lapsed fans who have. I mean, we're in the age now, right, where
2: everybody's cut the cable cord, right? Pretty so much, yeah. This is a different kind of uh, kind of audience, different kind of network, and uh, I think it's great. And it's Friday nights, so it's a different night, so you might have a different... I'm hoping we'll pick up new fans that, like you said, when they were younger watched wrestling or watched WWE, WWF, and they happened to turn it on, and that's where the pressure comes in because if if we've got two minutes of their attention, we need to show them why they need to tune into SmackDown. Well, you just opened
4: up a great segue, right? So, younger fans, like, were you a fan growing up? Is this something that you feel like you always wanted
2: to do? So, I've well, let me back up. Just back up. Sure. I was a huge fan growing up. I went to the 1993 King of the Ring. At the Nutter Center. So you Indeed. got to see the camera blow up in Hogan's
3: face. I did. Yeah, what I was a weird... furious.
4: There was never a payoff to that. Who furious. was that guy? See, in my mind, <laughs> just, I always... We're
3: just going to go. You guys lock up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <write> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll lock up. Oh, <laughs> the stop button here on the recording. and. Uh...
4: No, in my mind, I want to talk about that angle real quick since you mentioned yeah. it. I, in my mind, I just kind of, because they never followed up on that angle, I just assumed because Great at angle. that time, <laughs> almost, uh, since Jim Cornette came around after that and he was managing Yoko... I just assumed it was Cornet in disguise. That's what I always. Assumed. Could be. Yeah. We, we may never know. It's a conspiracy. I, mean, I know, right? I think King of the Ring '93, camera blowing up. Yep. Yeah. Right, I was there. Cool. You were there.
2: So yeah, and so I was. I was a fan as a kid, and um, you know, then as you get older, life gets in the way, and you've got things to do, and uh, my, so my background actually is as a TV host. So I did like Great Day SA on uh, CBS in San Antonio. Was a morning show host there. Signed with an agent in Los Angeles. Moved to LA for a while. Did some hosting out there. Uh, In Orlando, did uh, some entertainment stuff for Good Day Orlando on Fox. And this gig came up, just a friend of mine who was an audio technician, happened to be playing a pickup basketball game with a producer from WWE. And they said, hey, we're going to be starting this new host program. We want more fan interaction or live events. Do you know anybody that would be good? He's like, oh, yeah, my buddy Greg, he hosts stuff. That's legitimately how I started. And so when I first started with WWE, I I did NXT Florida. So I did these armories all around Florida for the developmental uh, NXT and there were times I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I went from TV <laughs> to, I'm like an armory in Fort Pierce right now. <laughs> but I knew what the payoff could be big picture. Sure. I knew that someday I could get to SmackDown. And as I was a huge fan as a kid. And then also for me too, um, and we could talk about this, but the older I got, the less I cared about trying to be the next Ryan Seacrest. And I just right. wanted to travel the world and eat good food. There you go. I'm a huge foodie. I love travel. So this
4: was perfect. That's cool. Yeah, it's funny, because I'm a TV guy, too, and that's, you know, on a obviously much lower level, so, you know, um, when I was when I was younger, I had this very clear moment, and here's a funny story, I'll t- I'll tell you this, Josh should get a kick out of this. So when I was younger, we had, I think it was like third or fourth grade, we had like career day, you know, where you had to pick what career you wanted, you yeah. know, and uh, I went and found a pair of my dad's big black headphones, and I just found a, a black pipe cleaner, and I taped it to it, because I wanted to be... <laughs> I wanted to be Bobby the Brain either, right? So I put yeah, it on. Sure, of course. Yeah, because he always talks about being a broadcast journalist. you know. So I, so I put a piece of it tape was. on it, put it on there, and um, you know, and I'm sitting there going, welcome to WrestleMania. You know? <laughs> and my mom goes, don't say that at school. <laughs> she what? goes, you want to just be a sports broadcaster. Just tell him that. Tell him that. She was so embarrassed that I was oh, going to go man. to school and tell everybody that I wanted to be a pro wrestling announcer, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, I think I it's great. next to one. Well, yeah, true, and you know what? On the indie level, I, I had my fair share. I got my fix, so I feel good. like yeah, I feel like I uh, scratched that itch a little bit. So it's good. Yeah, don't look, don't don't Google that, Josh, if you don't mind. All right,
2: no, I'm just kidding.
3: So, so that was that your era then, ninety like early '90s? Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I would say even late '80s. Like
3: I remember. Being Can we mind. ask how old you are? Do you not like to disclose? No, that it's okay. Uh,
2: I'm I'm 39. Okay, because yeah. I
3: can't. You cool. look super young.
2: Well, but, it, but, you know, but I have a very but, extensive skincare
3: regimen. Uh, <laughs>
2: you know, masks from Lush, good hair. Okay. You know, a
3: lot <laughs> of yeah. So I'm I'm 41, and uh, so we're we're in the same era. So okay, cool.
2: Yeah, so like late 80s. Like I remember being at my dad's house on the weekends, and I would get up early and come downstairs and watch. I think it was like Superstars and Mean Gene, yep. talking about everything and. I, and Speaking of King of the Ring, I distinctly remember him saying, "You know, all right, wrestling fans, King of the Rings coming up at the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio." And I screamed. I was like, "Oh my God, I have to go to this!" <laughs> so I begged my mom to take me, and thankfully she did. Uh, but I, yeah, so that's that was my era. I Do you think remember I your went first event?
3: One, I think I went to one like house show at uh, the Gardens, maybe. Yeah, I know. I remember my friend Nate copped to feel on Elizabeth. We were like, What? <laughs> like he, like, uh, <laughs> Me too. On, on accident. Me too this is on accident. Yeah. We were like, we were like 11 or something. Oh, I mean, a he, he had his, like, we had our hands out. Oh, yeah, trying to I get mean? high fives, but he accidentally. And it was an, was accident. Accident. yeah, he wasn't like groping or anything. sure. Oh, yeah. You got really upset right there. No, I second. just was out of nowhere. No, yeah. it, but I remember that as a kid where he was like, Dude. And I was like, <laughs> Wow. I mean, come on. I mean, like, as a kid, Elizabeth was like, you know, like a crush.
4: You don't don't remember the main event of the show?
3: (sighs) I don't. I think it was Macho Man. June
4: 1990, uh, Riverfront, obviously Coliseum, was Hogan and Earthquake. They were doing their rounds at the time. Mm. And that's when I first got into it, was the late 80s, early 90s. And it's funny, it was primarily probably because of... The Hasbro figures, kids were bringing the Hasbro figures. Yeah, too, you know, and I was like, "What is this? What are these colorful?"
3: The big things? ones, like the real giant rubbery no, ones. That's what I had. I had the big
2: John stuff. Yeah, I had the big
3: John Stud yeah, the yeah. These Hasbro beware. They, they were, they were,
2: you know, uh, Captain Lou. You know,
4: five-inch figures, and they, uh, they had like action moves. They had spring-loaded stuff, and you could spring-loaded body slams. And things. Those were kids were bringing these to school, and. Well, who are these guys? You know, this guy's really cool, you know. I remember seeing the Ultimate Warrior, obviously, you know, yeah so The neon colors, oh, you know, everything was neon in nineteen ninety, right? So they said, Yeah, you gotta watch Saturday night's main event this weekend. So I watched it was the Oktoberfest episode where Jim Nightheart's out there and the leader hosen and they're all having a good time and I was like, This is for me. This is absolutely for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh and then when that's then
3: non stop. That's awesome. <clears throat>
4: yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? But I also remember everything, so it's
3: I remember like Saturday Night's main event was a big deal. The f- I remember the first time that uh, Hogan picked up Andre the Giant, yes. body slammed him, like huge like, moment, yeah. And uh, and I would watch it whenever I was allowed to, because my oh, my yeah. my parents were not big fans of me watching it. But I had so many friends that did that it kind of became inevitable. <laughs> See, well, you can relate that when I said yeah. I wanted to be Bobby the Brain and she was
4: like, "No, you want to be Marv Albert, actually." Yeah. That turns what? out not. Turns out you don't, right? <laughs> turns out
3: you can actually grew <laughs> here. <creepier. laughs> yeah, right. See, mom. No, my mom was wonderful. And, she and was I, great. I had one friend who was able. His parents would actually get the pay per views.
2: Oh yeah, because back then you had to order them. Getting
4: a
3: yeah. pay per
2: view was a big deal. We very had a big, big deal. We had to go
4: to the cable company and get a special box that we rented for the weekend. Yes. Yeah, I
2: remember that. Right. Yes. So oh my it was gosh. like if we were
4: gonna yeah. if we were gonna drop a special pay per view box. Yeah, if you wanted to go drop the cash Friday after it was a big mm. deal. It was like Friday after school. You pull up to the cable company, you run in, they give you the box and a bag, you hook it up, you return it Monday morning. And check your VCR ten times over to make sure it's recording correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because if you don't, forget about it. Yeah. Did um. that with WrestleMania Seven. Recorded it, but it was on mute. Oh, so I have a brutal. tape of WrestleMania yes. Seven uh. with no sound. Well, it's, see, but maybe that's so you could be voice. You could, you could it be, yeah. be Bobby right.
2: the Brain Heenan. Oh my gosh! <laughs> You're right. Yeah.
4: You could have done the commentary. Yeah. It's r- well, yeah, that's true. And I was always partial to heels, so it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, for sure.
3: Yeah, I went through a phase. So I would watch it as a kid. And I remember the Royal Rumble was always my favorite. Yes, it was. Me too. Even above WrestleMania. To this day. As soon day. as the Royal Rumble came on, like, as soon as that was a thing, it was instantly my favorite. Because, like, the anticipation of each person getting announced, like, I would lose my mind. And I still remember to this day. I don't remember which Royal Rumble it was, but it was one of the Bushwhackers. And it was. Um, it, it was like the perfect blend of like comedy and wrestling for me. It was a it was one of the Royal Rumbles where the entrance uh, to get to the ring was different than the exit for the ring. Like yes, it was two separate. <laughs> it was like that this year too. Yeah, um, but 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 at this one there was a defined pathway to leave. Oh, for exit. Yeah, there was a defined exit. Yeah, oh, it okay. was almost like an identical to the entrance, <clears throat> but just on the other side. And the Bushwhacker was you know doing his move all the way to the ring, climbed in. <laughs> Into the middle of the ring, kept doing his move. They throw him out the other side, and then not missing one Didn't beat. Just, just, just keeps going <laughs> up the <laughs> aisle. Right That's Just, just great. keeps doing the thing. And I remember <laughs> laughing like it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life as a kid.
4: Or well, if you find yourself in Clearwater at Luke's gym, <laughs> Josh, you can I can bring there. that up to bring a lot. poetic about that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for well,
3: sure. Well, I'll give you
2: an ex- an interesting tidbit speaking of Rumble. Uh, it's one of my favorite t- One of my favorite. Pay per views as well, and we were talking earlier. I think maybe before we were recording about you know if there's things you can or can't talk about. I don't mind telling you this. I have no clue who is coming down the aisle at Royal Rumble. That's awesome. awesome. I have no. Cl- Not only do I have no clue who's coming, I don't know who's in it. Yeah. I have no clue. So we have to announce the first two entrants, like the ring announcer announces. You know, we go over the rules and then introducing our first entrant and then second entrant. I have no clue who that is. So I'm praying. I'm like God. I hope it's somebody from Raw or SmackDown. It's not you know, some <laughs> actor or something that I'm gonna have to. I have no know, know nothing about. Um, <laughs> so I have no idea. I have no clue. Because well, they, they kind the of did R. that in Saudi Arabia. They were, they were they were putting out guys like from China and like a sumo star. That yeah, you the know, greatest Royal Rumble. Nobody knew. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah like Babatunde. Yeah. who, uh, He's actually an NXT developmental guy. By oh, way. Cool. he's one of those. Yeah, uh, right he on. is. He's great. He'll be a star. And another thing I, I tell people, and this is true for championship matches I never want to know the finish
0: mm, so that
2: sense. when I announce the winner it's genuine yeah, yeah. so I I never want to know who, who's going to win in big but did they of offer matches. that to you like do you want to know, or do, I you could, know could. or do you just kind of set that press and say yo I, <clears>
3: I just don't want to know they don't send a script ahead of everybody and say hey, hey,
2: hey. no so in hey, the hey. sheets that I get it doesn't it doesn't say it says what the oh, matches cool. are well, but it doesn't say you know what the finishes are or whatever and I, and I could find out that information if I wanted to I just I think it's more genuine and authentic when I'm really excited. Like, oh my gosh. So what'd yeah. you think
3: about a mania where they brought the little kid out? I That's know clue that was gonna be. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so Braun Strowman needed yeah. to pick a tag team partner and they brought a kid.
3: From the audience. But I heard, I mean, I don't want to pull too much. But I mean, you hear all these rumors, but I heard that that kid wasn't just a random kid. No, he it was referees. It's, it's yeah. a, a son know. of the referee. I <laughs> I all I know is Braun Strowman went to the audience and
2: pulled a kid into the ring. That's all I
4: know. I was there. It was Nicholas. pretty awesome. Yeah. You
3: were there? I was there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was last year. I caught a piece of a pancake from the New Day. Oh, did you save it in your freezer? <laughs> I didn't, but I did show them the picture at the Royal Rumble this year, and they got a big kick <laughs> out of it. Did you take a little
4: bite? No, I did not. Well, speaking of pictures, this is a good question because I feel like, you know, in your position, you know, growing up a fan, you know, I, I would go to all the meet and greets and things like that. I mean, is it, is there ever that temptation to be like, you know, when you see the guy backstage that maybe you got a picture with as a kid to get him to either sign the picture or show him the picture or retake or recreate the photo?
2: You know, I mean, I could see I, that being kind of a fun thing. So, it, so I don't necessarily have any pictures okay. from when I was a kid, but I sure. will tell you, I loved Jeff Jarrett as oh, a kid. Oh, yeah. Who, yeah. Loved Jeff Jarrett as a kid. And my stepdad will attest to this. <laughs> I, You know, he couldn't stay in I loved him. And now he's back with the company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got to uh, ring awesome. announce him yeah, at wow. Royal Rumble. That was awesome. Wow. J-E-W-M. I, I mean, so things like that, Sorry. I, you know, you try not to mark out backstage. <laughs> right. When you see someone from your childhood that you that you loved as a kid, and and you want to tell them that too, like, hey man, you meant a lot to my childhood, but you want to do it in a way that's not like, oh my, like you're fanboying out, right. which inside I was, yeah.
4: But it's like it's pro- and it's probably one thing, right, to see him backstage. You walk around, he's having a cup of coffee. Then he puts on the hat and the sunglasses, and you're like, okay, now it's real, right? yeah. <laughs> well,
3: and then I introduce him at Royal Rumble. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Well, that's probably you more real. Me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so i went through a phase so i was into it as a kid and then i kind of got out of it in high school and then when i was in college i got a job at the rec center at nku and our love for wrestling was sort of reignited by the monday night wars and the attitude era and um that's when i really started to hardcore get back into it and um and, like, the NWO and – like, that, that is now still to this day – it eclipses that sort of wonderment I had as a kid of, you know, believing everything, you know, for face value, so to speak. Sure. And, and, and even now, like, knowing some people in the business and getting some peek behind the curtain, that's still my favorite era. The Attitude the, Era. The Stone Cold, The Rock, yeah. The Mick Foley. I don't know that we will ever see –
2: another era like that. I think that that was such a special moment in time. I think it's like saying you saw Jordan play. Like that whole, whole Attitude Era, NWO, man, I, I, it's just... Because they were You just both. admire it for what it is. Yeah. And, and that's it. It, it. it was this golden age mm-hmm. and... Rather than try to recreate it, like, let's look at it fondly and be like, man, that was an era that I'm so glad I w- got to watch. Me and
3: I of. think, if, you know, like, if I was really trying to break it down, I think the reason I feel that way is because it was the perfect mix of, like, the next generation of legitimate superstars, but also your heroes that, you know, the last, the last of from when you were a kid – that weren't that didn't look so old that they couldn't sell you know like I like Hogan and Macho Man and those guys like, I never thought of it that way you know that's Kevin a great Nash point. and and those guys you're right that were at the end of their career and then you got the Rock and Stone Cold and all these guys just I didn't think about that.
2: that yet it's sort of that crossover period right yeah I,
3: I never you know what that's a really good point maybe that is why it was special and that's when I got into being a fan <laughs> of heels <laughs> there you go. It, it was like pre internet trolling. We would go to the we would go to house shows and even some pay per views and, and cheer for the people that we knew everyone else hated. And and uh, we would make signs that would try to piss off whatever city we were in. <laughs> <laughs> like legendary signs. Oh my gosh. Like, that's great. We were in Detroit and we went to King of the Ring. And we had a sign that said Support Foreign Automakers. It, <laughs> oh my god. It was, what a You're a heel man. Oh man. It was the best. <laughs> the funniest one we ever had was in Louisville. And we had a sign that said, Easton makes a better bat. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta laugh at that
2: though.
4: That's I'm sure so yeah. Yeah, yeah. What but, you, yeah, they do that all the time.
3: But it, uh, but I got so I had so much fun because I don't know if you remember Peel's Palace. Oh, yeah. It was in mm-hmm. Erlanger. It was this hole in the wall, like a country western bar. Is that how Slash, you would describe
4: like, it? Slash, like lowest common denominator wedding chapel, a reception <laughs> yeah, center. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was. It was a. It was a dump. It was our ECW arena
3: here. Yes, <laughs> but, it, but they had wrestling there. Oh, okay. In and WF. Yeah, and uh, and Sean Casey. Oh uh, man, the mayor wrestle over there. Oh no, no, like I thought, no, go, no, no, thought you were saying no. he would, we would go or something. No okay, no a different no one no, right. no. The rest Oh, they had Sean Casey Wild, Wildcat. What?
4: Uh, well, you had? We had Wildcat Chris Harris.
3: Stamp Lickage Stamp Lickage <laughs> well, Yeah, Chris the Har- post office guy. Well, Chris Harris. Wildcat. Shark Chris Boy. Harris had a great TNA run,
4: like a tremendous career. Shark TNA. Boy.
3: Rob maybe. the Bomb Williams. <laughs> well, uh, Williams. Yes. Yeah. Previous My episode friend of the show. Uh, yeah. How
4: about that? Do Shark Boys with yeah. with Les's group with with HWA.
3: But he never was at Peel's Palace. I swear, I saw him at Peel's Palace. Man, it's possible
4: Les ran there too. You know, since it was known for wrestling. I don't know. Beautiful Bobby. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, which you know, that's funny. And in, in my independent ring announcing days, I got to induct him into the Ohio Wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, that's then, fantastic. I had the cheapest suit on in the world. That exists. The cheapest plaque. I mean, we just made it up for the night. because oh, he happened to be in the audience, and he's like a million years old or whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so <laughs> to this day, he still thinks. He's I printed something oh, out oh, of yes. my dot
4: matrix printer and that's put fine. it in a dollar store frame.
3: <laughs> hey, but pop. it was places like that that I realized, like even there's even adults out there. Who, you know, like the, it's still real to me guy. Oh, yeah. That you can so easily get under their skin and get people fired up over wrestling.
2: Yeah. And there's I have two things to say about that. First of all, I love when I talk to someone and they're like, Oh, yeah, I don't really, yeah, oh, WWE, yeah, I don't really know much about it. And and I'm like, okay, and then after five minutes they're like, All right, so AJ Styles, is he... Like, they the people who try to keep... I'm like, you're a fan. It's fine. It's okay to be a fan. And and some people try to hide it, I think. Not so much anymore. Um, But then back to your point about it's still real to me, guy. In India, it's still real to them. Oh, yeah. In India, we have to... We have a heel bus and a babyface bus. And they have to pull up to the arena separately. And all the heels have to get out first. And they go into the arena. Then that bus pulls away. Then the babyface bus pulls up. And then they get out. I mean... That's The country of India, it is still real to them. And even in and out of the airport, not just at the arena.
4: No, I've got, and here's a great story, too. I was in a, a, an indie show with Louisville, which you probably know her, uh, Leva Bates, Blue Pants. She, oh, yeah. Of course. She's a great friend of mine. We just wrapped cool. a, a TV show together. And uh, I went to go meet her down in Louisville to hang out, and her mom came to see her wrestle. Leva was wrestling Tracy Smothers. Okay, I don't know if you guys know who Tracy Smothers is. Okay, he was one of the Southern boys. He was also in the FBI and ECW, so he's clearly not. A non-italian guy who's pretending to be an italian uh <laughs> part of the fbi but he was he was doing the old school memphis heat and leva's mom in the audience and he's so it's an intergender match anyway so yeah. you know you, you're going to automatically get heat uh you know for for kicking the you know the, the female in the chest whatever throwing her down but he gets a pipe and he acts like he's gonna hit leva's mom <laughs> and she stands up and, she, and and at that moment it became real and she started spitting at him and throwing it at oh him. Oh my gosh! And he start, and then he was. And if you've ever seen a Tracy Smothers match, especially on an indie show where cameras aren't really rolling, he gets intense. And he just, and as, and as he sees her getting mad, he turns the volume up even higher. And then he starts calling her this, and she starts calling <laughs> him that. To the point where she's in the ring, and I can see her selling the, but she's also going, oh my god, mom, no. So her her mom was shoot hot. Her mom was shoot hot, and I asked (laughs) her afterwards, (laughs) I said, did you talk to your mom about this? And she goes, no. Oh, no. This is one of the few times my mom has seen me wrestle, and if I had no clue it. was coming. No clue. Well, I she mean, didn't go with it. She was really she mad. Just, like. Oh, it's unbelievable! And I actually saw her recently because uh, Lee and I did a panel together <laughs> at Louisville SuperCon, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> and her mom was there again. And I said, "Mrs. Bates." You, you, I'll never forget that. And she goes, and she just looked at me, shook her head, and laughed. And she, she was legit hot. It was unbelievable. Oh I don't know if anybody was rolling cameras that night, but it was. Those can be some of the most
3: fun shows. Oh, that, absolutely. I remember we. I don't even remember where it was, but when we were in college or right out of college, we went to somewhere near Louisville. I want to say it was Terry Funk's gym, maybe. And they, it was bring your own weapon night <laughs> and it was what kind of shows are you guys dude, going it was to man crazy they had well they had this ring and it was like a four corners of death match or whatever where like there was like sandboxes outside each side of the ring and one had mousetraps and one had broken glass oh. and one had thumbtacks and Yeesh. one had light bulbs and then everyone candy. in the audience, they literally brought their own weapons. And like I remember the one that always sticks in my head is this guy had a the old yellow wiffle ball <laughs> yeah with a with a flashlight <laughs> duct taped to the end of it. And these guys would go out in the audience and grab grab weapons from the audience members and beat each other up. I mean it like, was insane. <laughs> there that there is such that's such a recipe for
2: disaster. Cause you know how some wrestling fans can be. Yeah. And if all of them have their own weapons and they're having a couple drinks and things are starting oh, to yeah. you know mix up a bit that what a, what a recipe for disaster I'd like to see it. But so much fun. Yeah, yeah I'd love to see it. But The, the gangsters would do that in ECW. they just
4: bring a trash can out full of stuff. I remember they, one time a New Jack or Mustafa, I can't which one, pulled out an NES, a Nintendo, <laughs> and, 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 and clobbered one of the Dudley Boys with a Nintendo.
3: Every time I hear New Jack, I think about the day and I almost lost my finger. Wait, what? So I was at an ECW <laughs> event. Yes, this is true. What? I was at an ECW event. We were in, like, the third row. Was this here at the convention center? It was at the convention center. I was there, Yeah so I had uh, and that was a fun night because uh, instead of having signs we got a dry erase board and we were making signs up as the night went along (laughs) so that was really fun I like that very in the moment very cool and so New Jack comes out and he has his you know big chain and he tosses it into the crowd and I catch it And the guy behind me is trying to wrestle it away from me. Oh. And one of my fingers is up through one of the links in the chain. And this guy is like literally about to rip my finger off. And I was like, dude, you can have the chain. Like you're seriously. Give me me my finger. finger. Yeah. But every time I hear New Jack, I think about, like, <laughs> I'm, like, standing there with, like, my arm being pulled back behind me because this guy's trying to wrestle a bike <laughs> chain away from Jeez. me. So is fan uh, interference ever a problem with these things? Or, like, you, you ever see, like, at a baseball game, you know, someone will run it. across the field or...
2: For the most part, no. But in Europe, yes. Uh, in particular, Cardiff, Wales. Mm-hmm. We've had a few jumpers there. <laughs> yeah. Where, and by jumper, I mean they run and jump over the rail and, you know, try to slide in the ring. one of my favorite moments during the match yeah one of my favorite moments this guy this guy did that some kid a teenager probably like early 20s maybe jumps in and our security guard was so fast the guy slides through the ring and our security guard catches him grabs him by the neck and chokes him out yeah to the point that I could the kid had like a necklace on and he had indentations in his skin (laughs) and he peed his pants (laughs) oh wow he wet his pants Another thing that happened, again, this is in Cardiff. So during title matches, um, the ref brings the title over to me and I set it next to me in my chair because at live events we also ring the bell and do the announcements and everything. The ref hands me Dolph Ziggler's Intercontinental Championship. I have it sitting in the chair next to me. And this kid reaches through the grates and grabs it. Oh my gosh. And I, I'm like, what are you doing? So I grab it and he doesn't like let go and feel sorry. He starts tug of warring with me like he's legit going to try to steal. The Intercontinental Championship. Like, he
3: tug-of-war's <laughs> me. It, Unbelievable. So That's hilarious. I remember, when, uh, I think it was Monday Nitro uh, at the U.S. Bank Arena, a guy that I went mm-hmm. to NKU with who was not with our group, but I knew him from school. Just the guy that ran the ropes? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was right when they were going to commercial. So that. you can actually see it because, you know, like you can see the ref and the loser walking back up the ramp. Um and he just dives over the rail slides into the ring runs across hits the ropes oh my god he's got a big bubble coat on dives back under and jumps into the crowd and like you can just see security like jumping around Damn, trying to figure out who it was yeah. he ended up getting arrested oh, uh, yeah. but they you know they didn't they didn't press charges or anything but i remember like oh my god there's Kyle oh <laughs> like no. he's up in the you know but it was after a match like there wasn't he wasn't interrupting the action or anything right
4: so you got security around you you don't have too much physical altercations but you know back in the 90s every once in a while they'd do an angle with Howard Finkel, you know, he did a tuxedo match, or, you know, sometimes yeah. they'll throw Michael Cole in there. I, yeah. You know, I mean, do, do you? is there a small party that goes, maybe one day there will be the an angle bump. for me and I can take a bump or I, get tossed know, around the, or do a tuxedo match and get stripped down my underwear? I mean, I mean you know. <laughs> I, I'll pass in the tuxedo
2: match. Okay, well, you know, Howard did it, so I figured I'd... Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I will say, sometimes things happen like that. There are angles. I've never had anything that extreme, but it is fun. Like, if you watch the Best in the World tournament, at the very end, Miz gets hurt, um, and so we're going to just hand Dolph the the cup as the winner of the best in the world. And then Shane and I'm getting ready to make the announcement. Shane comes over and grabs my arm and yeah. puts puts his hand in the microphone and kind of we kind of go back and forth. Uh, Daniel Bryan a few times. Once sure. he he turned he you know grabbed me by the coat, and it is fun. I, I wouldn't mind something, yeah. But I will say we had to learn how to take bumps.
4: Well, yeah, it's you, it's you, sure, sure. yeah.
2: I mean, and it hurts. Oh no, it really does. And the funny
4: thing is, you know, again you know, I. Just briefly, kind of mentioned doing indie shows, and you know, sometimes you'd show up and you'd Well, you're the ring announcer, but you're also the referee tonight, too. (laughs) You know, and then you you discuss it backstage, and they'll say, Well, you know, gonna take a bump in the corner. Well, and I said, That's fine, you know, and I'd never, nobody ever really slammed me hard, hit me hard. So, you know, I fall into the corner, you know, I'm I'm kind of doing the Raven thing where I'm sitting down there with my arms in the corner, you know, and selling. And the guy comes over to me, and he just does the Steve Austin, boom, mud hole stomp right in my chest. It's a way to say, Hey, kid, welcome. You know, and of course, afterwards he goes, "I didn't hit you too hard, did I?" You know, just kind of no, knowing what he did. He was, oh yeah, yeah, man, really stiff. It didn't hurt, but it also felt kind of cool. Yeah, ever, yeah. Did you ever for take sure. the,
3: to the chest? The Chop! Oh, me and my brother do that all the oh, time. It's the know. best, right? <laughs> when when uh, when I was back into this again during the Attitude Era, I was working at Procter and Gamble. And uh, my buddy Nate, my best friend for my whole life, we were roommates in in Covington over at the Bluffs on top of Davo Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we would have pay-per-view parties. So we would have you know twenty-five people over our apartment. Everybody chips in. We get the pay-per-view, and then afterwards we would we would have a match. It was the Bluffs Wrestling Federation. We had our belt. And we <laughs> all had our, and we would drag his queen-size mattress and box spring out to the living room. And then everybody would get around and we would have these matches, you know? Oh my God. And uh, it was like we, you know, we would take. empty cans of Coke and fill them with water and have them spread out throughout the room. So you could just, you know, if it spilled out of the rain, you could grab this can that you knew had water in it and That's hit each other in the head and liquid would go everywhere. But my favorite part about it is, uh, I'll never forget, we were at Meyer at, I don't know, 1130 at night, the night before, testing cookie sheets to see which cookie one... sheets make the best sound. To see which one had the yeah. best sound and hurt the least. And so we're just we got escorted out of Meyer uh, in Florence <laughs> because we're you're standing there you're just banging each other. Banging each other on the head oh and well, they
4: make the best sound. They don't. They don't hurt. Also, you remember those little in the '80s? They'd have those TV trays with the folding legs. Yes, yes. Those yeah. Those work really well too. In fact, we were we were doing some impromptu. Uh, oh, I can't even call it backyard wrestling because we were just in my parents' basement. Right, yeah. just move everything, push the couch to the wall, and and we're we're working. at night. You know, let's, let's get the camera. You know, and <laughs> so we get one of those TV trays. It was like an X Men TV tray. We take a pack of Arby's sauce, Arby's sauce. Yeah. And we cut a little slit in it, <laughs> tape it to the TV tray to try oh to get a little gosh. color <laughs> via Arby's sauce. So, you know, I actually... You weren't cutting
3: back then? No, Arby <laughs> Sauce is
4: just fine. It has a darker kind of tint to it. Oh, my god! <laughs> that's gosh. hilarious. So I, I try to make Arby's Sauce jokes all the time, actually, you know, so it's kind of one of the things I sneak into my comedy. But, um, yeah, Arby's Sauce, can you imagine, you know, but back in the day? But, you know, that's what true fans did. You know, they tell you don't try this at home. Everybody's trying it at home. When Everybody's I, doing the big elbow off the
3: couch. When I first started doing stand-up <laughs> um, and I was the lowly MC. Nobody ever wanted to work Halloween because it's always the worst crowds, you know, because everybody sure. that has a life is at a Halloween party. They're not at the comedy club. So the comedy club owner here in town would make us dress up all the comics. And so I decided I was going to go wrestling theme. So the first year I did it, I was stone cold and I went to Capels and I got a bald <laughs> head. <laughs> the, and, he had a bald you know, cap. I did the goatee and... uh you know the jean shorts the whole nine and I would come out to the entrance music <clears throat> and I had my I had my roommate Nate sitting in the front as a plant and he starts heckling me and I did the whole set as Stone Cold I was going to say did you do your set oh, as yeah, Stone of course. Cold oh yeah absolutely and, uh, and so he starts heckling me and you know I give him you know, well if you think you could do a better job at it than I can then why don't you come up here and try it and you know everybody would boo everybody was buying into it it was really <laughs> yeah. funny you know they thought he was ruining the show and then he, and then I gave him a stunner right on the stage and it was like, you know he really sold it and it was awesome like that's it was great. amazing and then the <laughs> next year I was The Rock you know so I did the whole set as The Rock oh that's the, great oh man it was so fun
2: you know if you have to do comedy on Halloween that's the way to do it like sure. make the yeah. most of it oh yeah it's 100%
3: ah, just buy into it comedy on Halloween is never good like at any <laughs> level even when I was just starting to headline and I would have to take the Halloween week because nobody else wanted it I, I remember I was in Cleveland, and I told the audience, I was like, you know what? You guys did dress up as a terrible audience. They <laughs> would <laughs> throw candy at them. I mean, was, Oh, man. Yeah. That's amazing. amazing. But, but yeah. it all comes back to wrestling. Like, everything sure. with me, like, whatever it is, whether it's stand-up or anything, like, a lot, so much of it I learned from wrestlers cutting promos and, like... Well yeah just,
4: even just wrestling vernacular, working it into my everyday conversations. Now my wife has picked up on it, you know. She'll be like, What's that gimmick over there?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. You know <laughs> that's that's such a wrestling well, word. Yeah,
4: you know what I would come oh, home man. From, you know, I would come home from work and vent, not at Cincy Shirts, but you know, I'd come home from <laughs> at a different job and you know, I'd say, I had to cut a
3: promo on my boss today and you know, it's
4: just like and it's just <laughs> stuff we work at everyday vernacular. Well heel is not? a
3: great one. You yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, like just referring to people as heels, yeah.
4: Is- Well, and it's like when I, when Christmas, around Christmas music time, you know, I love it. We, we, you know, we keep it on uh, Warm 98 all season long. And every single time, dude, I chuckle and my wife looks at me and she knows I'm going to laugh every time when I hear, you can do the job when you're in town. You know? (laughs) It's it's like, I don't, you know. You're doing a job for this weekend, kid. Yeah, right. You You know, (laughs) that's Winter Wonderland, right? You can do the job when you're in town. And I just think that's hilarious.
2: Every time. It's so true what you mentioned about the, the wrestling vernacular because. Because, I, I mean, obviously, working all the time, I rarely get time off, and you just it just becomes part of yeah, your vocabulary. Sure. Yeah. And so I, I will do the same thing. I'll be just talking to someone at the store or whatever, and I'll use terms like heel or <laughs> the gimmick or yeah. mark or whatever. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, sorry. And you forget. Like, it just becomes part of your lexicon. And someone, you shows up your, someone shows up at your house uninvited. They did a run-in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call yeah. it.
4: That's great. But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is wrestling it's you know, it's it's a big part of my life obviously. It's the one thing people have, you know, their the movies, music, all that stuff. Wrestling has always been the center of my of my fandom, but it's also what brings me and my a lot of my friends together um and you know, still to this day, 36 I'm 36 years old, you know, annual Royal Rumble party every year, it's a big deal, you know. And you know, it's funny when 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 we were expecting the birth of my son, this was you know, he's 8 now. My wife was like, "You know, he's he's going to hate wrestling." I said, oh no, wow! No way! No way! You know he wants nothing to do with it. He thinks really, yeah, because it's
2: on all the time. You know, Man. it's like because I'm watching it all the time. Maybe I because watch Dad come. watches it. To him, it's not cool. Well, and kind of you know,
4: name. and it's like on the way to school. You know, he's he's used to the wrestling podcast. You know, and stuff. And it's just I would say he hates well, it. That's A's too a little strong young to hear
3: Bruce Pritchard
4: Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I more like the new stuff. But like you know, yeah, he, he, I would say hates probably strong. He's just like oh, wrestling again. Can we please just play Pokemon or so? You know, so it's like, you know, but uh, you know, to each their room. But you know what? My dad was a fisherman, and I'm not a big into fishing, so you know, makes like, sense. Yeah, it's just it is what it is. But it's so funny because you know we um, we tried, you know. <laughs> I, I, I wish <laughs> so he might come back around. Two, <laughs> he might. Older,
2: you never. Know. You brought up a good point though. I like one thing I definitely notice is, you know, we call it the WWE universe. All the fans, of like, of course, yeah. That connection. Like you if, like if you go to access at Rumble or at WrestleMania like you could go by yourself and you will leave with 20 new friends. Oh yeah. Like uh, the the wrestling community it's so cool to see. It's like I made for I have friends that I met that were just fans of the product that now are good friends of mine just Yeah. It's I, it's one of those things that people bond over unlike anything else. Yeah. We're
3: pretty, pretty much for one we're reason, pretty much best another. friends now, Greg. I I think yeah. so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So another another one of my favorite wrestling memories was this. Um, this is, is going to sound right when I say it, but when Brian Pillman passed away, they were doing a fundraiser for his family, and it was the um, first annual Pillman Memorial Show, and they held it at Norwood's Middle School Gym. So hmm. I think it held like two hundred people or something. Yeah, that, were you there? I was. I went to every single one of them. So. A, a friend of ours was working security and got us backstage, and that was the first time that I ever was around two wrestlers going over what was about to happen out there. Oh, and going it over was their match, fascinating. It really to me. was. So yeah, I'll, I'll break kayfabe here for you, Josh. See I'm working in the conversation. I love how people. I wonder. I wonder how many people are going
4: to be googling. on I know. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Right. Hey, babe, no, is when, kayfabe. No. When when that when they announced that show, you know, I was in high school and. Um, I, I wanted that same opportunity to kind of go backstage and you know so I, I've just made up a fake newsletter. I was like, hi, I'm the editor of the, uh, whatever wrestling, newsletter. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I wrote and I, you know I've since I've since talked to Les Thatcher all the time, but I wrote to Les and I said, hi, I do this wrestling newsletter. Can I have press passes? And he gave me at, like, 15, 16 years old press <laughs> passes every year for a newsletter that didn't exist. That's amazing. <laughs> but less is awesome, though. And, yeah. and it was—it really was cool because I really did enjoy going back there. I wasn't being a, a turd. I was going back there really just genuinely talking to people and asking, like, probably questions that a legit journalist would have asked, you know. But I'm taking notes really just kind of
2: working out a little bit. You know? Yeah.
4: But at 15, 16, and he's like you said... During that prime, and the thing that was so unique about those shows, Greg, is that if you didn't go to them, I don't know if you did or not, but was that was the only show during that golden era, that Monday night war era, where they put the differences aside and all the guys were allowed to be on that one show.
3: Yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, Jericho and Benoit; those were the two guys that I was talking about. They really, over their match. Yeah, wow. Well, they had they had a, <clears throat> a match from every level that he had wrestled on, mm-hmm. right? So they had. Um, Shark Boy wrestled someone. I don't remember who it was, but then they had Chris Candido and Al Snow wrestle. Yeah, they were the ECW guys, yeah. right? Yeah, hmm. and uh, and then Stone Cold and Sonny were the MCs. Yeah, and uh, Flair and Steamboat were there. Yep, and uh, Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster. Yeah, he's a coach at the Performance Center now. Great I think at great that guy.
4: point,
2: he was probably coaching there as well. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know,
4: but yeah, what a great time and. Uh, you know, I'll close out my last story and I with, with, really, you know, you talk about Monday Night Wars being the golden era, and it when it was, and it is fun, I'll say, to go back on the WWE Network and watch some of these things, so you talk about the guys that were there, you know, and it's fun to go back and watch an old Nitro from 98 or 99, and you're surprised, because back then we were flipping channels, it was impossible to really take it all in, Yeah. so I'll go yeah. back and watch like a Nitro from 99 and go... Rick Martel was under contract to WCW in '99, <laughs> and he's feuding with Booker T with the television title. Like, this is really cool. I don't remember this at all, you know. But um, for me, and this, is, and it gets cool because this comes full circle. It ties back to Cincinnati, you know, my golden age. My, to me, the best time in wrestling was was the mid '90s, right before the Attitude Era. Because here in Cincinnati, if you had a good television antenna, and you could pick up channel 25, uh, WBQC TV 25. Every single night of the week at seven o'clock. Um, I guess Elliot Black was probably a big wrestling fan. I don't know. I never asked him. But they had USWA on Fridays, IWCW on Thursdays, ECW on Wednesday. So we here in this area on Channel Twenty Five could see all this independent territorial wrestling in the mid to, in the mid nineties
3: was mm. unreal. See, I never wow. knew that. But I didn't mean, either. ECW was such like even as like a wrestling fan. I remember when I was first introduced to ECW, like it blew my mind that yeah, this kind yeah. of stuff was going on. This would have been on. like yeah.
4: ninety four, ninety five, you know. And I'm seeing uh, Don Morocco and Bam Bam Bigelow, and I'm going like, "What <laughs> is what ECW, Eastern Championship Wrestling of Philadelphia? <laughs> what is this?" You know. And then, and then it became, you know, oh, did you, you know, ECW got the reputation obviously for
3: the violence yeah, and sure. Did oh, you God. see Sabu fly? <laughs> <with the laughs> did rapper? you see Stevie Richards pile drive Luna Vachon? You know, it was unbelievable. So oh, it's like. The first clip I ever saw, I remember it was a a scaffolding match where, um, I want to say it was Tommy Dreamer and Raven, maybe? Brian Lee. Is is that who it was? Where there were tables stacked in the ring, 10 high. And then there was 20 feet up to a scaffolding, and they were... you know, he's like just punching him on the scaffolding until he eventually fell off into the ring. All the tables collapsed on oh. him. It was bonkers. I was like, yeah. what is this? I've it was, never seen anything yeah. like so this. So when,
4: when, when we discovered that there was wrestling on five nights a week, it was heaven. Now now we're spoiled. We have the WWE Network. Yeah. And, and, there's, and it's great. There's wrestling. I can't even keep up with all the WWE content. As, as good as it is, there's so much of it. But we, we just thought it was great. Because, you know, we would buy the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines. And we'd yes. read, read results from the back of the magazine. It's like the original dirt sheet,
2: isn't it? like yeah. the the old ma- I remember I school so I would take a the magazines you could buy at the grocery store you know Yeah but like I would always speculate with friends at school like oh what does this mean Let's look at this it says this about Undertaker. and yeah. we would speculate but those bill after magazines pro wrestling illustrated wrestling eye they were they were
4: K-Fan magazines they they treated it like a shoot which yeah, was unbelievable yeah. yeah but we would look at those results from all over the place and we would see these names from these different places and we could we could see them on television I think it was um Ah, see, I'm stumbling here, but maybe it was, uh, IWCCW had a wrestler, I read about him in the magazine, he's named Curly Moe. Who is this guy? So I finally saw him. It's two of the He three did a stooge students. gimmick oh, that's and he, yeah, it was amazing. And Bill Lapers interviewing. He's like, you yeah, know, we're going to bring in Curly Moe here and he, and he does this line and he goes, "You know, Curly, you're a you're a big guy. The fans love you. I got to ask you, what's your favorite entree?" And he goes, "Oh, entree the giant." And I'll oh never my. forget that. <laughs> and I'll never forget that promo. It was the it was so funny to me and I we still me and my buddies, we still talk about Curly Moe.
3: Oh, man. Yeah. There's a Four Horsemen DVD out there that it's, like, almost all promos of Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. It is some wow. of the best stuff. Wow. Oh, that's great. I, I could eat that. Like, I could <laughs> just... That is a wormhole. I have gone down, I don't know how many times... On and, YouTube, where you, and, the promos... Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. those Some of those old Rock and Stone Cold promos, just gold. Like, even more fun than the actual wrestling, you know? Is, yeah. Because there's, like... My worst thing about acting is I can't keep a straight face. If somebody's being hilarious, like, I can't, I always break. And I just, every time I watch some of those old promos, I'm like, I don't know how you didn't laugh. Uh,
4: well, yeah. There, yeah, there are some outtakes I've seen, too. You know, some of the Gina Overland outtakes that are... are amazing you know they're they're out there that is a wormhole that
3: is a rabbit hole you can go down rabbit hole is probably a better word than a wormhole yeah rabbit rabbit hole is the i said wormhole Wormhole but it was It's (laughs) like a time (laughs) space that's your star wars fandom (laughs) kind of creeping in on that (laughs) so so now that you're you know does it does it ever lose anything to be behind the scenes to you Uh, you know does it take away from the magic at all no not at all not in the least
2: um I could see where you people would think that, but being a part of it is so special. Like it is so special. And uh, as a fan, as I mentioned before, I I don't want to know all of the results. Right. So there's a way to still keep the fan and the fan in me by watching the show and not knowing the results. That's
3: how I felt about the Rumble. Is yeah. that that 11 or 12 spots that you don't know who it is? It could be anybody. So
2: yeah. Okay. So obviously I sit ringside, and there's a buddy of mine, Tamario, who's our floor manager. And so once I announce the beginning of the Royal Rumble, uh, after the first two entrants, the other the other 28 just come out. I don't have to do anything until the winner, right. until here's your winner. So Tamario and I are sitting there, literally just being fanboys watching the Royal Rumble <laughs> inside the barrier, right next to the ring. Yet I'm working.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's great.
2: So I mean, it, it no, it doesn't lose doesn't lose its magic. The only thing sometimes. The travel gets to be a lot. I can imagine. The travel gets to be... Like, I tell people all the time, like, they don't pay me to host and announce. They pay me to travel. That's what I tell people, too, about stand-up. Same. Yeah. Yeah, stand-up's that Mm -hmm. way. I have a friend who's a DJ, same thing, you know. But but the job, no, it never loses its luster.
3: I just, you know, like, as an adult Mm -hmm. and kind of understanding how the business works, like, it's one thing, but, like you know i was talking about it being in orlando at the airport We're coming home from disney and my kids just kind of starting to watch a little bit of wrestling i'm kind of spoon feeding <laughs> it to them um but here here comes uh Nia Jackson, Alexa Bliss, talking like best friends down <laughs> yeah. the terminal. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I think like I wonder, kids that see that that don't understand like if if they process like I thought you guys didn't like each other, no. right? You know what I mean?
2: Right. I could see that. Yeah, I think that probably definitely happens because you know people are really good friends behind the scenes, but they might be feuding in the ring. But oftentimes that that brings up the best feud because if they really know each other like for example AJ Styles Samoa Joe of course right right? where Joe's talking about his wife Wendy and so my mom watches wrestling now she watches Smackdown and so (laughs) I get a phone call the next day after that whole I don't really like Joe at all why would he that's his wife that is AJ's wife what is his problem what is his that's so finally I had to talk her off I'm like mom mom they're actually really good friends and their families just went on vacation together it's okay (laughs) Uh, that's great (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean that 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 stuff happens, too.
3: Well, are there any, uh, you know, any feuds that are legit or maybe maybe not current or, you know, where some, like, real bad blood's boiled over into... I, I, I don't know the answer to that,
2: and that's the truth. I'm not just, you know... I no, would understand no if you did know that. and you
3: didn't want to answer. I, just,
2: I will say this. I never got a straight answer to this, and so I, just like any fan out there... When we had Talking Smack and the Miz went yeah, off on Daniel Bryan stuff, to this day, <laughs> I still don't know if that was real or not. I honestly don't. Like it looked real. And I know Miz is great and he cuts one of the best promos in the in the business. I, I don't know to this day I don't
3: know. I can't get an answer. Um, we typically on this show we don't we don't like to date it so that whenever people listen to it it's not current, but just in, in this conversation like what we're talking about right now. As an example, so uh, the night after the Rumble, I was watching Raw, and Ronda Rousey is in the ring with uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch, and my knock on on Ronda has always been like she's it doesn't it's not believable when she's talking, and she got so worked up on that last promo. And I, of course I immediately go to Twitter and see (laughs) what, and everybody's saying the same thing. Like, where has that been for the last year? But that was one where I'm legitimately like, I believe like she looks mad. Like she looks like she's speaking from her heart and she's like genuinely mad right now.
2: I'll say this. She's actually a really, really nice person. And I think maybe that's why you don't see that often, or maybe that's why some people find it. Not believable Because she's Listen man She is the best woman On the planet And, she's and a genuine
4: fan Right and Yeah She's yeah. a
2: genuine fan Of the product My opinion on that I think Becky Lynch Brought out the best in her Because That's that right. Becky Lynch Promo was fire Yeah And I think Ronda As a competitor Even she's, as a, oh From gosh. a promo perspective not just in the ring,
3: Pure anger
2: I, I think that she realized she, She's like Man Becky just cut some fire On me I gotta step up here I think be, That ignited The competitor in her And so what you saw I don't think there's bad blood there. I think there's competition there.
3: Yeah. I think Rhonda's like, man, she is she's well it, killing me right now. I need to step up. It was the first time I felt <laughs> like she had spoken and it wasn't lines. Like it wasn't yeah. lines she memorized. It was like she was dialed into what she you know, like the, the angle she's supposed to have of like where where were you last year for WrestleMania on the pre-show <laughs> when I was headlining? Yeah, you know what I mean. I,
2: I think I think what it was Becky touched a nerve and and
3: you which know, is great because she is yeah. fantastic. Like, and I love the other thing I love and and I, I almost brought this up when I was at the Bruce Pritchard podcast was. Social media now enhances what you're watching so much because it can spill over to there, and they can stay in character on there, yes. and they can really troll each other. You know what I mean? Yes. And that, and it makes me wish that like in that attitude era, or even even you know when I was a kid. <laughs> can you like, imagine like, if Ric Flair had oh a God, back in exactly. the day? Exactly. <laughs> if Ric exactly. Flair had an Instagram, oh yes. my! Like obviously
2: doesn't have. what I'm saying when yes. he was in his prime, oh yes. my gosh! Wow,
3: different world. <laughs> How fun would that be? Been great. So what do you think the future holds because it it does feel like it, you know, I was telling um I was telling my buddy that I went to the Rumble with. I was like as a kid it was all about like just mass, right? It was just like I've never seen a person this big before, right? Yeah. And then in the Attitude Era, it was a it was a blend of mass, but also personalities like really spilling in extreme, personalities. you know, yeah. yeah. And now it seems like it's gone back to this. Personalities are a big part of it, but the technical wrestling now is is as good as I've ever remembered it. Of yeah. just like. Like, the the moves that some of the bigger people can do, you know what yeah, I mean? for like, their size. Oh, is my gosh. incredible. Yes. Have you seen,
2: like, Keith Lee? I mean, like, what a In NXT. He's unbelievable. I'll, I'll tell you this, man. I, I think the future, I'll start here. I agree with you about the technical wrestling, and one of the coolest things that you're going to see is the World's Collide Tournament. Yeah. So, at Access before Royal Rumble, we shot this World's Collide Tournament, which what that is... It is uh, superstars from 205 Live, superstars from NXT UK, and superstars from NXT in a tournament. And you get this clash of styles in this tournament. And it's so cool. And I think we're going to see more of that. Like, you look at a Mustafa Ali, who is now on the SmackDown roster. Yeah. Um, and him feuding with a guy like Samoa Joe, who's a submission specialist. In this, You know, uh, Samoa Joe has 100 pounds yeah. on Mustafa Ali. He's got 100 pounds on him. I think you're going to see more of that. Um, so, stylistically... It's not going to be just all about big guys or just about characters. It's now about, well, let's see what would happen if we put a big guy in the ring with the, a more of a technical high flyer. So that's one thing I think you're going to see. And also, and I credit Triple H with this. So back in the day, we were talking earlier about territories. You had the Texas territory, the Northeast territory. Triple H is doing this thing, man, where we're going to have global territories. Yeah. So you've got NXT UK now, which they've got their own performance center in England. They've got their own show on the network. You're going to see India expand more. You're going to see us expand in China. So just like there were territories in the U.S. back in the day, in the next five, six, seven years, you're going to see global territories. And I think you're also going to see, and this is nothing but speculation. I'm not, I don't have any tea to spill here. Um, I think you're going to see more pay-per-views overseas. Yeah. I think think the U.K. deserves a pay-per-view. For sure. What was Wembley in 92? That was kind of... I mean that was the last major
4: of the Big Four, right? It was Wembley, Probably Wembley in '92, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's been special shows, you know, and you know stuff that they would tape for Coliseum Video and things like that. But really, the big like a SummerSlam, WrestleMania, every Series, Royal Rumbles so that was '92 was really the last time.
2: Yeah, I, I think, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. I mean, Triple H is just man, he's he's just he's from the future. I just don't know what else to say. The man is from the future. He just gets it. The yeah, way he plans. It seems, it's weird that Gosh, he's a genius. I
3: remember when he first came out as the the last was it the last American blue blood? Is that what it was the Hunter Hearst Holmesley? Yeah, uh, right. The and he had Hunter the long hair. Yeah. yeah, and he had you know. But it certainly felt like he was destined to sort of take the reins. Yeah, even before marrying into the royalty. Yeah,
2: uh, he's the perfect person for it. It's got visionary, nothing to do with yeah. yeah he's vi- like visionary. Yeah, he's, it's got nothing to do with the marriage. It's he's just brilliant man, and, and I love working for that guy. I love listening to him. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Like listening to him talk. God, and, that'd be so great. <laughs> um, you know, interviewing him at Access, and yeah. hearing him talk about what we're doing and the direction we're going. He's just he's just a visionary man. It's incredible. That's and I'm cool. um, it. Gives me a lot of confidence and a lot of pride to be a part of what we're doing,
3: knowing that he is at the helm. But even like even Shane, you know <clears> what I mean? Like I remember a long time ago when it's like, "What's he doing out there?" You know what I yeah. mean? And then watching him do a backflip <laughs> off the top rope at the He's, Royal Rumble, yeah, superhuman. I mean, it's like I just I have so much respect for that like entire family. Like they're all in it, man. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's funny you bring up Shane too. He's a
2: great guy, super super nice guy. He seems like he'd be
3: fantastic.
2: And but it's one of those things too where he's he's not out there just because he's the chairman's son. Like yeah. the guy is great. He yeah. cuts a great promo. He could work in the ring. <laughs> he's entertaining as hell. It's not. There's he, an aura you know, about him. Yeah, yeah, he sure. does. It's, yeah. A, there is an aura about him. And so, man, think about that. How hard that had to be though. Oh yeah, growing up in the shadow of your father like that and having to earn that respect and let people know that you're not just there because you're the chairman's kid. Absolutely. But man, mm-hmm. has he Very earned respect. And, and yeah. then some, yeah. Well, that's cool. <clears throat> and I love hearing that, sort of that vision.
4: And yeah, he must be from the future because I mean, talking about expansion to China and, and India and all these different places, I mean, you know, it's like, We will have a true world champion, right? Like, how cool is that? Yeah. And and what a visionary, because maybe we'll expand into other galaxies and have a true universe. We We might. Settle down. We might. (laughs) You know. I'm making a joke about the universal (laughs) title, Josh. (laughs) I'll tell you this. (laughs) A true
2: universal (laughs) champion. Yes, a true universal (laughs) (laughs) A true universal (laughs) (laughs) champion. Woo! No. (laughs) We're going to have a Mars pay-per-view coming up. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you this. At the Performance Center, there are probably 70 or 80 people that are currently training that you've never heard of, and they're from all over the world. Sure. There are... uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters. There I mean people from all over the world that are going to become these superstars that are being trained at the performance center. And I'm telling you man, it's
3: that's also fun about NXT right now is like like p- picking out people of like they're about to pop. They're about to pop.
2: Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, let me give you an example. <clears throat> so I told you when I first started with WWE, I started doing the territories in NXT Florida. So we're doing Citrus Springs, we're doing Stark, we're doing Largo, these small armories. On a regular night, this is just a regular night, right? Like a Thursday night, a Friday night, ten dollar tickets. On that on that card, yeah. Finn Balor, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Tyler Breeze, uh Neville. This is just what it <laughs> in yeah. and Cast. This is all on a Thursday night in a Florida armory. Yeah. And that could be a WrestleMania card today. We were just talking about that yeah. with
4: Robbie. You know, he said, you know, the last time they came, the NXT came to NKU. He was like, it's unbelievable. Nakamura, Finn Balor, Becky Lynch, and he was Bailey, and he was just going on. Yeah, Bailey was another one. Yeah, these are you know megastars now. You know, it's amazing. I mean, Nakamura has always been a megastar, Finn Balor, but I mean, just to think that you can go see them
2: at oh, yeah. your local <clears throat> Highland Heights, Kentucky. You know, like it's unbelievable,
3: right? Yeah, yeah. it is unbelievable. And, yeah. and so
2: when people go to these shows, I hope they realize like. It's not just lip service when yeah. when we tell them the matches you're going to see tonight, and the superstars you're going to see tonight are one day going to be headlining WrestleMania. I lived it oh, with yeah. that card I just mentioned to yeah. you. It's really incredible. In the t- and now... Velveteen? Yeah, yeah he's going to be a huge star. Oh, he's
3: going to be a monster. <laughs> and uh, a and uh, Gentleman Jack.
2: Oh, yeah, Gentleman Jack
3: Keller. <laughs> Dude, he is... <laughs> so entertaining to watch like that whole character is he's quick fantastic he's really witty you guys um, have a,
4: you have a current favorite josh is there somebody that you're just like a sky gravitate to this is my current favorite guy performer all around right now yeah um, that's a great question yeah i'm curious who are, you,
2: question. who are you guys into right I'll now? i'll tell who you what and I, I i give this
4: i've given this answer for the last few years and i still want to see him just break through that glass ceiling is luke harper what a yeah. look what a performer I mean, that dude to me is the total package. He's he's he looks like a mean, nasty wrestler. He can go, you know, and we've only seen just a little bit of his personality come through in, in promos. I I, I want to see him break through. I think he's a fantastic, fantastic performer. I,
2: I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I don't either. I and think that's why I'm out. Just, yeah I think when he comes back from this injury, yeah, th- I think. He's really going to get a push, and I think we're going to see
3: some great things from him. And I can't
4: wait, because I've always been a big fan. Even prior to WB days, um, I just think, you know, he's a great hand.
3: Well, it's probably a name that you would disagree with that has already reached the potential, but I am fascinated by Charlotte Flair. Oh, no way, man. Yeah, I mean, like... me too. She is so... Like, her in the Rumble the other night was... Like, her hair was everywhere. Like, I don't know. Because she's... You know, when you see a lot of these divas, they're either super tiny or they're, like... She's, like, the perfect blend of, like, beauty and, like, athletic. Yes. And and she sells it. She sells the character. She sells the moves. Like, I watch her, and I'm just like, man, she... It's in her... You can tell it's in her blood.
2: Yeah, and she sells the emotion. Like, she... I don't know where she goes. She must go to a certain place because she will legit cry in the ring after a match. And it's coming from from a real place. Yeah. Now, do you know her backstory? Yeah, she she was in marketing or PR or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she only got into this because of her, it was her brother's dream. Yeah, that's it. she had no inkling of becoming a, a, a WWE superstar, or wrestler. But then, when her brother passed, she wanted to carry on his dream. That's the only that that's why she got into it. Yet she yet she is pound for pound the best female superstar out there. Yeah. I'm like, we might have not had a Charlotte Flair because this wasn't originally her plan. Yeah. Isn't that incredible to think about? That is about? incredible. And, and, and
4: just to, even just to kind of fantasy book and think about, you know, what where Reed would have been, you know, and what, what a performer he would have been
3: you know, to, yeah. in that same spot. Um, you know? As far as NXT goes, um, the War Raiders tag team, mm-hmm. I really liked watching oh, yeah. those guys the other night for how big they are. Like, they yeah. were funny but also athletic for appearing to be out of shape right No, they can't. yeah like, no, i mean yeah. that's why i
4: was telling you actually, You got to watch some keith lee matches talk about a guy to keep an eye on i been watching yeah. him forever this guy is i mean he's he's a he's a tank but he's doing standing moonsaults yeah i mean dives over the top rope like like he's ricochet
2: yeah things unbelievable that a, things a guy that size should not be able to do absolutely <clears throat> and he's d- he's doing it what about walter He's interesting, man. I really like watching him. I've had the opportunity to ring announce him a few times in Europe, and he is he's fun to watch. I I think he's going to become an even bigger—he's already big in Europe. He's huge in Germany, big in Europe, but I think he's another guy that has a lot of size, but man can work, and I think he's going to get a pretty big following in the U.S., um, Aleister Black, I love. Yeah,
3: he was one of the ones... We, when when he got announced in the Rumble, <coughs> I was not surprised because watching him on that NXT show, I felt he just looks like he's already past... You know, like yeah. he's ready for the, the spotlight. He is. Um, he's got a great look, great persona. And another one that's entrance. kind of a no-brainer because just every single person loves him, but The New Day is they 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 feel old school to me of just like how much fun they're having and we yeah. were just talking the other day about how long that act
4: has been together and how rare that is for a, an act that what started in 2014 am i right to go as long as they've gone, well, even
3: yeah. the individual parts of it, like the whole Kofi, like his, you know, there's all you always know he's going to find some silly way to avoid yeah. getting thrown. In <laughs> it, yeah. it all
2: feels, you fresh. know what I mean? It it exactly. Fresh, right? Well, I- I'll tell you this, and I, this is um, this is the truth. Is from you know, give you a little behind the scenes. Those guys really are great friends, yeah, and they're doing it because they're having fun. Yeah, they are genuinely having a good time. It's not one of those things where you know sometimes people could say. Oh, well, people are tag team partners, but they're not really friends. No, those three are genuine friends. They're having a great time. And they're creative as hell. Yeah. Like they come up with all these gimmicks and all these bits on their own and everything they touch is gold. It's everything so great. they touch works. It's great. I haven't had a chance to meet any of
4: those guys yet. I'd love to I'd love to obviously just I, I'm surprised I haven't met Austin Creed yet because we, we, he, when, when they did the, the rap battle on Smackdown the first time yeah. he brought out Mega Ran Raheem he's a yeah. friend of mine I've known him for many years because you know just from the the scene that we were a part of with the classic video games and stuff like that but um, yeah I'd love to I'd love to meet him at some point he's, he sounds like a great dude and I love watching his YouTube channel yeah um, I stay- will
2: tell you he, is as far as Superstars that connect with fans. It's big time. He's, yeah. he's one that absolutely does. After the Rumble, we actually we all went out to uh, an arcade bar, obviously yeah. him being a big gamer. Sure. And he's just chatting it up with all, with all the fans who are gamers, but he likes chatting with them about video games, but it, it,
3: he's just a genuine dude, man. Yeah. He's such a good dude. I'll tell you another guy I really like is Elias. I think <laughs> I, I love the whole, I'm going to play this song, <clears> and then it always gets... Like that... I just love That's to see
4: the music gimmick reinvented every few years, you Yeah. Know?
2: And 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 it's you know with the fresh take from Hong Kong man to Jeff Jarrett to Elias, you know. It's I'll give you some some background on Elias, a little insight here. Uh, so when I was doing the whole Florida thing, I told you about I was based out of the Performance Center at the time. Uh, from the creative side, Dusty Rhodes was in charge of creative. So I, I worked with Dusty Rhodes on a daily basis. Oh it was God. unbelievable. Just
3: start talking. Just keep. Talking.
2: Yeah, I mean, that guy, unbelievable. I have some great stories about him. He's. <laughs> one of the most like he felt like my grandpa and I only worked with him for like four months before yeah. he passed but um, all of that to say Elias is the last character that Dream created that's crazy that's really. awesome really yes that's why uh, well for Shules is a great guy anyway like I want him to succeed because he's an awesome dude Right. but knowing that that was the last character that Dusty created is really special
3: oh, that gives me chills man.
4: That's awesome <laughs> Yeah. Did't know that I did not know that and I'd, I've heard all of like Rob Naylor's stories you know spending yeah. time with, with with Dusty and oh. getting in White castles and all that stuff Oh like, yeah. I love it
2: <clears throat> so and what I love this is, is he included me in things so I would he taught promo class, so yeah. I would go to every promo class and I would help set up the drapery, set up the lighting, I would run the music, the, the audio and the lights for him and he you know gosh so many stories so he he started every meeting uh, he loved movies. So the first thing we'd ask on Monday promo class, say, anybody see any movies over the weekend? He'd ask about movies and say, Anybody got any dirt? Who who's dating who? Come on, tell me who's got some dirt? He'd wonder what the dirt that's going on and then during the day he would he always would play in on his T V he had the Garth Brooks live concert rolling at all times and you'll just <laughs> So I'll be out like in the in the hallway or in um, we have this big table we call the Titanic, it's this giant metal table. His office was behind there, and you just hear him, Two of a kind, working on a fool Just out of nowhere. In that voice. Yeah. Nonetheless. In the dusty voice, right. Yeah, and yeah. He, he would call me in, like, G-Man, get in here. I'm like, oh, G-man. I'm like, listen, we got to start talking about promo class, but we are hungry. How are we supposed to be creative yeah, these if are the stories. we are hungry? <laughs> so here's a $100. I want you to tell the girl up front to go to the hot dog heaven up the street and get us hot dogs and fries because we cannot be creative if we are hungry. That's impossible. We can't be creative if we're hungry. So you have her go get us hot dogs right now. That's awesome. Oh my God. And so, yeah, and so we would send her to, and, you know, and she would go get hot and we'd sit in, in Dream's office and eat hot dogs and talk about different characters or different promos we would want talent to try at promo class that night. And, and I'll never forget we were in Pittsburgh for NXT. On a road loop, uh, when we found out that he passed, wow, might like get emotional talking about it. Oh man! Um, they called us all into the to the catering area uh, and told us that he had passed that morning. And whew, sorry, no man. <laughs> One thing um, that was really cool that night was everybody incorporated something to uh, to honor him in their match at Pittsburgh. Wow!
3: Night. Yeah, man, I, that's awesome. That's like really cool. Yeah,
2: I'm grateful. Even though it was only four months that I got to work with him, grateful for every day. He's every a legend. Story. Yeah. I mean, like he's a legend, but he's a, but just the guy, the person that he was. Yeah, just the human being that he was, and how funny he was, and how creative he was. Uh, you, you know, you obviously we go on YouTube. We love watching his promos as the American Dream, Dusty Roads. But the Dusty Roads that I got to know and work with every day, that human being, that person. There's nobody like him. Nobody like him. As a person, not as a wrestler, yeah. as a person.
3: Nobody like him. Who Who else would you say, um, you know, from their persona that people see on TV, they just wouldn't believe, like, how different they are in real life? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, because there certainly
2: are people like that. Um, wow. That's tough. I, I kind of want to say Nakamura, just because he's actually one of my really good friends, like, f- if you look at my Instagram that's whatever we're overseas it's always us going out to eat dinner and get water good towers. Food. Yeah, he's obsessed with water towers. Yeah. They don't have they don't have water towers in Japan. Huh. And he's obsessed. So he takes pictures of water towers in every single city. Um but maybe maybe Shin. And I again, I'm I'm a bit biased cuz he he is such a good friend, but uh, he he's so wild when he hits the stage, right? And he's he's over the top Michael Jackson, Freddie Mercury crazy. But in person, he's very subdued
0: yeah. and very on. quiet.
2: <laughs> but in person, yeah, he's very subdued and quiet, and uh, he, you know, he's really into history and architecture and food and all of these esoteric things. That, like, every time we're overseas in Europe, he are, like he and I will get up early in the morning before the show that night, and we'll go to go sightseeing and get food, and he's already got a list of. Three architectural sites he wants to see, and this museum and this cathedral, and wow. but watching him on camera, watching him as as a superstar, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that
4: they did a, they did a pre WrestleMania special for him last year. Yeah, the Chronicle, the Chronicle, that was really it's, watch good. it, Josh. It's, you get it, you get a glimpse of everything he's saying. It's wonderful. Well,
3: I've saw them been promoing the like behind the scenes for last year's WrestleMania. Yeah, twenty yeah. four, and. Uh, I want to I watch that because so I was, I was there. That good. was my first yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah. So it was it was fun to be there.
2: Yeah, those Chronicles are really good, too. We have uh, this guy named Joey who um, works with us. And, God, he's, he's an incredible storyteller, videographer, and he's so good. And so he's the one that does all those Chronicles. And I was blown away with what I saw. And those 24s, too. Mm-hmm. The 24s, like the WrestleMania and everything else. And it, what I love about those, and I'll be really honest with you, those are real. Those are legit. Nothing about that is staged. Nothing about it is a work. When we are at WrestleMania, we get there early for call time where they're like 10 AM and there are cameras all over the place and they're recording real conversations. It's not like, hey, you guys go over here and talk about this.
3: Yeah.
2: It's it's you real. You just kind
3: of forget that they're there. Yeah, you, you don't can, even notice yeah.
2: it. And then they put together these amazing documentaries. And it you know, I know some people might think, oh, it's all work. It's they're they're just showing you what they want you to see. Nah, man.
3: It's real. I could do this all day. <laughs> do, we, do we need a part two, Josh? We, do, if I mean, we can have <laughs> well, as many parts as you're yeah, up you know, for. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll come back any time, man. Oh, man. I'm happy to. That's awesome. I, I enjoy this. So, um, we like to ask our guests to give us a word that Cut. people can use as like a coupon until our next episode comes out. Oh. So if you're going to give us a word,
2: man, I wish you'd have told me that earlier. Um, yeah, never go with the first one that comes to mind. I, I, or maybe you can. I don't know. I don't to I, uh, I How about this? Kayfabe.
3: There you go. Love it. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. All right. So if you want to save 20% on your order from now until the next episode comes out, type in Fabe, K-A-Y-F-A-B-E, or mention that in, uh, in one of our stores, Over the Rhine, Hyde Park, or Loveland. Or just come in and hit them with a cookie sheet. (laughs) (laughs) No RB, no RB sauce. Please please. (laughs) do not. Don't do it. But you'll save twenty percent. And then, how can people follow you on uh, on social media and keep up with what you're doing and where you'll be? Yeah, Twitter and Instagram at Greg Hamilton WWE.
2: Those are the two I use the most. Uh, If you like food, you're gonna love my Instagram. It's pretty much all food. That's that's yeah.
3: Awesome. And you you got something anything coming up locally in the near future? Anything scheduled? Nothing scheduled locally, to be honest with
2: you, though. Like, things like this are part of the reason why I moved back to Cincinnati. I want to be more involved in the community. I want to do things here in the city. Um, So I'm looking for opportunities to get out and be a part of Cincinnati and and do things. And I'm working a lot with with City Beat Magazine, actually. So uh, I did a video for them for Pizza Week. And coming, coming in the next year, probably the next few months, you're going to see a lot more local food videos with me on City Beat's Uh, social media sites as well so we're going to feature local chefs local cuisines um, things that as Cincinnatians we are all proud of and it's something that I want to highlight and they are partnered with them and we're going to do some really cool content when it comes to food locally
3: I can't believe we didn't ask this right away but what high school did you go to oh yeah oh I didn't tell you that story I don't think so
2: I went to Hamilton High School which is how I chose my last name for WWE
3: I was going to say I didn't think your last name was Hamilton no
2: it's Greg Hudson (laughs) But, you know, nobody ever gets out of Hamilton, so to speak. And I wanted to sort of throw a nod that way. Dude, that that's is amazing. awesome. So I chose Greg Hamilton as, uh, as my name for WWE. That's great. That
4: that's, a
3: good, that's a good one to end on, too. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So good. We're, we got to do this again, though. Yeah, whenever you want. Sure. All right, this last question, because okay. just what you just said. So yeah. you're a foodie. We haven't really talked a lot about food. Yes. Uh, you're gone for a long time yes. on the road. You come back to Cincinnati. What, what do you miss the most? Where's the first place you Ooh. go? Daddy.
2: Or? That's a great question. Um, love Medici Pizza. Love Jeff Ruby's, Love Salazar. I think what Salazar is doing over there is something really special.
3: Man, that's tough. Or, or how get, about this? Or <clears throat> you've, you're, uh, you know, SmackDown's at U.S. Bank Arena and you've got to take, you know, oh. a wrestler to one spot in Cincinnati while they're here. Where do you take them? I'll do you one better.
2: Whenever we have shows in Cincinnati, I'm bringing the Grater's ice cream, and I'm bringing the Grippo's barbecue. There you go. And I'm bringing boy. them backstage every time. Uh, I I love it. the Cincinnati-style chili. I, that's the big thing, too. I have a big debate with uh, Tony Chimmel, because he still works in production. <laughs> right. So he's at all the shows, and he hates Cincinnati chili. Oh. He's like, it's not chili. Yeah. It's just this runny stuff with some beef in it. <laughs> and I love it. So he and I argue all the time about Cincinnati chili. So... Uh, but one of our heads of security, though Jim loves loves him the Cincinnati chili. Did Nakamura try the chili? He has not tried it yet. Oh, we got to okay. get Nak. No- okay, next time we're gonna Nakamura's here. Actually, he and I went to we went to Zundo after Stark. Oh, okay. Yeah, Zundo's doing actually. So ramen's a big thing for me too. I'm a oh big, yeah, big ramen junkie. I can tell you, and I'm being serious. Zundo ramen in Cincinnati is legit good ramen. Good stuff. Good decor in there too. But <laughs> it's it's up there as far as good ramen goes. It's not just oh, it's Cincinnati. No, it's really good stuff. I took Shinsuke there. Shinsuke liked the ramen. Um, and they even, they made him a special uh, Japanese curry dish that I don't even know what's on the menu, but they yeah. made it for him and wow. he loved it. That's wow! Awesome. And he's a stickler. Oh yeah. Shin, when it comes to food, we were, uh, sorry, I'm going no, on a tangent here. dude, I'm telling you, so, as long as you want to speak. So uh, his wife cooks, his wife had a restaurant back in Japan when they lived there. Um, his, his kids have a very sophisticated palate, his two daughters. Uh, so we were on the road once, and we, we stopped uh, like, to get some poke, get a poke bowl, and they had miso soup. And so we ordered, you know, miso soup, poke bowl, and he takes the miso soup, and he takes a sip, and he spits <laughs> it <spits> out. <a duck. laughs> My daughter make better miso soup than this one. He went nuts.
3: He went nuts. And then he choke slammed the chef. <laughs> I thought he was going to. I thought he was going
2: to. Uh, all of that to say, he enjoyed Zundo. So Zundo is really good. I enjoy them here. Let's get him some Cincinnati chili. Yeah, let's do it. Oh Next gosh. time we're in town, let's. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, for sure. We got to get. Yeah, we got to get him some skyline.
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll ta- he'll, yeah, we awesome. will take him to Skyline. Please come back and see us, Great. Anytime Anytime, for your time. Yeah. No, anytime. And uh, if you're new to listening to the podcast, they're free. We do them every week. Join the 7,000-plus subscribers. Just hit subscribe and uh, listen to all the fun episodes we do here. And uh, we appreciate the likes and comments. Let us know who you'd like to have on the podcast, and we'll do our best to get them. So thanks for listening, everybody. Take care,
0: everybody.
1: Greg Hamilton, there are lots of folks that aren't wrestling fans and still find that whole world fascinating, and uh, it's always cool to be able to take a peek behind the curtain. If you enjoyed that, be sure to go back and listen to episode 8 with Rob the Bomb Williams, the local and nationally recognized wrestling star. And of course, please plunder the Cincy Shores podcast archives. Tons of great episodes back there. John Keatsbutter so talking about the WKRP. Amy Yazbek, a movie and TV go, star from UWatch, uh, talking about we'll his late husband, Rahab. John Ritter, who uh, worked in the movie, Robin at and, and Tights and, and, and Wings, and just all kinds, all kinds of great stories there. Dean Gregory Gummer, and speaking of great stories, talks about Bob Hope and James Brown and former president George W. Bush, uh, lots of great stuff in there. Of course, Frank Marzullo, Randy Rico, your old pal Duke Sinatra from the Gary Burbank Show, Mo Egger, Finn Rock, tons and tons of folks. And uh, by the way, if there's somebody you would like to hear on the podcast, just drop us an email at info at com and just put podcast guest on the subject line so they know where to direct it, and we will try to get that person on the show. Be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. Today's show is produced by me, with all from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia, oddly. You can find all their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from great places like Boston and Phoenix, pittsburgh cleveland louisville seattle philadelphia and more at oldschoolshirts.com we've a lot of defunct teams old shopping centers restaurants and wrestling t-shirts yes from different cities Uh, i'll put a link on the Podbean page but if you just go to oldschoolshirts.com and look at the sports tab and then drop down to wrestling we've got about half a dozen uh, wrestling shirts from different towns and some national ones as well and in case you missed it the promo code for this episode is Kfabe. it's all lowercase uppercase doesn't matter it'll work either way Use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Or you can use that in our physical, or as we say, brick and mortar stores in Over the Rhine, Hyde Park, and Loveland. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.